Jesus is the light in the darkness. And when we speak his name, we bring light to those darkest places, the dark places of addiction, the dark places when we are just so sick we don't know what we're going to do, the dark places of a marriage falling apart, whatever it may be, when we speak the name of Jesus into those dark places, he brings light. He brings light. And we need to believe that because it's true. It's true. (laughs) It's true. And we can stand on that. We can stand on that. Shout Jesus from the mountains.
Amen. Thank you, Sister Lisa and the worship team. Will you? No, you won't have to stand again. <laughs> I, I never enter this uh, part of the service, the sacred pulpit, uh, but that I enter with fear and trembling. Uh, part of it's probably because of uh, the natural uh, fear of public speaking, but may, much greater than that is the sense that this is the time that God speaks to us. Uh, the, the Word of God, uh, how it comes forth in sermon. The New Testament uses language that he chose the foolishness of preaching. And so I understand this is, this is a sacred moment here today as the Word of God comes forth into your life. The good news about that, though, is that the Word of God has the power to change you, uh, to do miracles within your life. At whatever stage or portion, whatever your need is, the Word of God has the power to do that. If you were with us on Wednesday, I shared how crucial it is that when we come into this moment, that we realize the power of this moment, and so that we pull all of our thoughts in, and we don't let them wander to what's going to take place the rest of the day, but that we position ourselves into the presence of the Lord, and we allow His Word to speak. And we say, here here I am, Lord, speak to me. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your living word that is alive today 
And I truly sense that you're here to work in our lives. Uh, we, we confess, Lord, we don't know the needs, um, the, the personal lives of everyone that's here, but we also understand you do. And you brought us to this moment. And so we gladly open ourselves to receive at your hand. Speak today. Anoint this time before you. And we give thanks in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to speak today, if the Lord would help me for a little while, on a subject of in everything give thanks. Uh, That's a tall order. If you want to go ahead and throw the first slide up there with the scripture, in everything give thanks. Now, uh, you know, sometimes when you're preaching, you can, um, you know, share with the congregation. Well, in the Hebrew, it means this. In Greek or, you know, whatever, it means this and suggests a different meaning. But this is as plain as you can make it. This is plain speech. Someone said plain speech is easy understood. So in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Yes. So does, um, does anyone know why cranberries are red? Uh, because they saw the turkey dressing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe a little humor to start with might soften some of the things I'm going to be sharing today. In everything, give thanks. I was privileged a few years back to uh, go on a mission trip to the country of Bulgaria and met with the leadership team of that nation. It was during the Thanksgiving season. And so our team went there to build a church. And we thought how wonderful it would be for us to share a Thanksgiving meal with them. They had never had a Thanksgiving meal. Uh, the country of Bulgaria preparing this meal and uh, as we... Uh, came to the close of the day, we, we sat in their ministry center and their team from all over the country gathered with us. And so we began to share a little bit about this American holiday and its foundation and what it, what it means to us as a nation and more particularly as an individual. And then I shared with them that, you know, every family may have their own Thanksgiving traditions. I said, traditionally at our home, we take opportunity around the table before we eat, that we share what we're thankful for, of one or two things, what we're thankful for. And so I recall so vividly as we began to go around the room and these grown men and women weeping as they began to share about their gratefulness. And, of course, if you know anything about their country, they didn't have a lot of things that they could be grateful for. So they weren't grateful for what what a lot of people would think, boy, we're so blessed with this home or this job. But it, it, it kind of funneled in and cycled in about the goodness of the Lord. In particular, I remember one of the preachers saying, uh, I, I love this holiday. I wish Bulgaria had this holiday uh, to be thankful for. And, and so that word to kind of settle within your thinking this morning. As we move forward in this sermon, in everything give thanks. Now, it doesn't. The scripture doesn't say for everything give thanks. 
but in everything give thanks, which there is a, there is a difference in that. There, there are a number of things this morning, a long list that we have as believers that have been saved and reconciled to the cross of Jesus Christ that we could be thankful for. And I, I won't go into all that because really that's the heart of Christianity. And so every sermon, certainly uh, if it has Jesus at the middle of it or the center of it, that we would find another thing that we, we could be thankful for. There, there is a word that's used. It's, um, it's, used uh, it's called Christus Victor. It's a theology of atonement. And this word simply means Christ the conqueror. What, what this term came, comes to mean is that there, there was a sentence of judgment upon humanity uh, after the fall in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve committed sin against the Lord, uh, they, they lost their dominion, uh, death entered the world, and uh, the curse uh, of, uh, of the conqueror came, and Satan began uh, a ruler, became to be a ruler. And so this term of atonement that's used for, uh, the again, I, I had to write this down because I couldn't remember it, Christus Victor or Christus Victor means Christ the conqueror. So to begin with today, I'm going to share with you just a few points about why we have reason to be thankful for, and then we're going to move to about the thought of in everything give thanks. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow with me, we're going to be going to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, I believe it is. Uh, chapter, uh, the, the, I'll have it on the screen here in a minute. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And so if you're following on the screen, it says, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. And so in the thought of Christ being the conqueror, one of the things that Christ destroys that we can be thankful for today is that he literally destroyed death. Now, sometimes in the Bible, when it's talking about our life moving from an unbeliever to believer, it uses words such as lost or blind. And those are words that illustrate the process or the procedure but you need to catch this today that when he talks about us being dead in sin, that's, that's not illustrating the path. It's the reality that we were indeed dead. Now, we, we may have been alive in the flesh, but we were dead in what really matters in the sight of God. The book of Romans tells that everyone that the wages of sin is death, and so we were indeed dead. How wonderful that the scripture also says that God commended his love toward us while that we were yet in sin. Even though we were dead, that God loved you enough that he would send forth his son and Jesus would conquer death, hell, and the grave. So the word here uses the word quicken, that he has quickened us together. That word means that he brings life or that he really, in reality, breathes life into us. So... Think with me again back in Genesis, the, the, uh, the first book of the Bible, when God makes man, forms him from the dust of the earth, and 
He breathes into him, the scripture declares, the breath of life. So just like that, we dead in our sins, in full sense of the word, we were dead. We could not bring ourselves to life, but Jesus Christ quickened us, or he breathed life into us, and now we are made alive. And so if you're that family that sits around your Thanksgiving meal and holds hands and says, I'm thankful for this, just pull out a new word on them this Thanksgiving. I'm, I've, I'm thankful that I've been quickened. So he's quickened you. He has breathed life into you. And we are alive and well in Christ Jesus. And it's all because of that Jesus Christ came to be the conqueror. He indeed is Christ our victor. And so we rejoice in that. The second thing from this passage in the next verse in Colossians, verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So not only did he destroy death, he also destroyed our debt. This is, this is a great verse of scripture. You, you all that have been serving the Lord for a while, you no doubt understand this and have read this before. The handwriting of ordinances that was against us and blotting it out, it's powerful. What In, in the days in which the, the King James, not the King James uh, Bible was written, but in the days of Christ, when someone committed a crime, uh, often what would happen is that they would write out their, their sins or what was bringing the punishment on. It's in that very same thinking that uh, when Jesus was crucified... They wrote above his cross, Jesus, King of the Jews, and they wrote it in three languages, in in, uh, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, so that everybody that walked by could see why this man was hanging on the cross. The Pharisees were upset. They said, don't write on there, Jesus, King of the Jews. Write on there, he said he was King of the Jews. But the, the text says, I've written what I've written. Now, again, that's powerful that we catch this. Again, Jesus nailed it to his cross that he indeed came to be King and conqueror and Lord. He indeed is Christ our victor this morning. So... What, what would typically happen if you weren't being crucified is that on, on a piece of parchment, all of your, um, uh, I'm, I'm, it's not sins, but all, all of the things that you, all the, the laws that you broke, they would be written out on this parchment. And if you've ever studied about parchment, it, it's, it's really impossible to wipe it away like what this text says. In fact, the, the scribes are the ones who, who would meticulously duplicate the Bible. And if they made a mistake, they had to start all over on that page because you couldn't blot out the ink that was in the parchment. And, and so imagine again every grievance ever listed about you. Now, I, I don't know those, but there's, there's one among us here today, and I do sense that he's here, and there's, there's nothing that's kept hid from him. He knows everything about us. And so we, we spoke a little bit in Sunday school about the accuser of the brethren. And um, imagine that someone had the ability today to look at your life and everything you've ever done wrong, and they would start writing that out. That's exactly what this text is saying, the handwriting of ordinances that are against you. And so line number one, that, that you're guilty of this. Line number two, you're guilty of this. Line number three, you're guilty of that. 
in ourselves, we, we, can, we can never change that. There's not anything within the power of humanity that says we can wipe that away and start with a clean slate. But Christ the conqueror came for you and the Bible declares that he is blotting that out and giving you a fresh slate and you can start all over. You can start brand new. That's what the power of the word forgiven. And you will say, well, preacher, you don't know me. No, I don't, but I know him. And I, I know that his arm is not short, that it can't reach into your sin today, into your life, and give you a brand new slate. It's the power of, of the love of God that he sent to you while you were yet dead, while we're yet, yet away from God. He loves you enough that he would reach out to you no matter the handwriting of ordinances that are against you. And when, when these were nailed uh, publicly for all to see, now because of the cross of Jesus Christ, that he's nailed it to his cross, all they see against you is the name of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ blots out all of your sin, and you still... Stand or today you sit. I'll have you standing here again in a little bit, I'm sure. But here you sit in his presence, forgiven, because Christ the victor came. The next verse here in Colossians, verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Again, what power in the, in the scripture here today. I'm, I'm still praying that you would allow the word of God to hit home into your life today. This, the, the principal, or spoiling, the word spoil, it literally means to undress, like undressing a general of his rank. And so if you conquered someone in battle, just picture uh, the, the conqueror ripping the medals off the, the coat of the general and taking one by one the medals as, as they had conquered so many, but now they stand conquered. And literally uh, in, the, in the case of a king that they would remove his robe, that's what this word spoiled means. But in regards to what Jesus Christ did for you and to the one that he conquered, it's what the scripture declares that when Jesus Christ came forth from the grave, that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. So here, old Satan, that's accused you all of your life, Jesus ripped death right off of his coat because he's not the victor of death now. Death has been conquered because Jesus Christ came. He stripped sickness off of that. He stripped every accusation off of that. And Jesus Christ made a show of them openly, again, because of how much he cares for you. So as you're sitting around your Thanksgiving table Thursday, you get to share the word quicken uh, and... Uh, tell the story about being quickened. You, you get a, you get a, 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 a talk about, I'm thankful that my, uh, the handwriting of ordinances has been blotted out. What's, what's that mean? Well, what an opportunity to share about the love of God. And then you get to talk about how the principalities have been spoiled and that Christ the victor has indeed risen. Amen. That was a good place for an amen. I want to move now, though, to, to the thought that drove me this week that I, I was praying about our time here today, here in, in this worship service this morning, about in everything give thanks. If you could go to the next slide here on that. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. That's a tall order. In uh, in this congregation here today, no doubt you've had a challenging week, some of you. No doubt this week. Some of you will face big challenges, 
that stretch the possibility within us to give thanks. And it almost doesn't, well, not almost, it doesn't seem rational that the one that redeemed us and conquered our enemy would, in in the midst of the writing of the New Testament, have this command, in everything give thanks. So so why, or maybe the, the question of how, how does this happen? I wanted to share a few points, and then in just a few moments, we're going to be gathering here in the front of this building uh, for you that would like to, and, and we're, going to, we're going to live out the Word of God today in our lives and here in person. So answering this question as, as to why or how that we should be able to give thanks and everything, I think the first thing that I want to share with you how that this happens or why that you can make this happen is when, when you understand that nobody loves you like the Lord loves you. And so when we think about things that are coming in our life, again, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what that is. And that's why the scripture can say, in everything give thanks, because God really does indeed love you yes. with an everlasting love. Uh, I have trouble explaining it to its degree because it's impossible. The scripture again says you can't measure it. It's too high. It's too deep. It's too wide. But you can sense that God loves you. The, the uh, scripture says that, that, uh, that it exceeds the love of a mother. Uh, there, there is an extreme possibility that a mother might forget her child. It rarely ever happens. And I know the news highlights, you know, mothers or dads abusing their children. But that's so extreme and so rare. It, the opposite of that is much truer. And that is where a mother or father will go to whatever lengths because their love is so unique for their child. And the scripture says, I loved you more than that. I have you on my hands. You're graven on the palms of my hands and I cannot forget you. So whatever that is coming in your life or in your life right now to keep focus and how that you can transition to begin giving thanks is that you can remember that you are loved so much by God. And when you when you look through the lens of God's love, then it makes what you're going through seem a little bit different that surely a God that loves me would not allow this unless there was something coming through this. So first and foremost, remember that you're loved by God. The second thing that you need to remember is that he has already gone ahead of you. He's walked ahead of you. And so it's kind of like a minesweeper that uh, because he goes ahead of us, anything that would destroy you, he has already removed out of your path. And so what you're going through right now will not destroy you because he has already gone ahead of you. He's walked ahead of you and he has made sure everything's okay and he will allow nothing come against you that will destroy you. Again, because he loves you with an everlasting love. So in everything, give thanks because this is the will of God. The third thing here is that he knows the way. He knows the way through. I guess I should have added that. He knows the way through. Because he's already gone ahead and because he loves you with an everlasting love, he knows the way through this. He's not just going to let you stumble on your own and fumble through and maybe you'll make it through. He knows the way through this and so you can trust that. You can hang with him and you can even find yourself in a place that you can give thanks because of what the Lord's done. He goes with you. 
The, I, I love, again, the language of the, of the Bible when, it, when he says, I will be with you always. Not only when you're on church Sunday morning and doing the right thing, not only when your hands are lifted high, not only when life is peaches and cream, but he said, I'll be with you always. I'll be with you when you get the diagnosis of cancer. I'll be with you when you lose your job. No matter what happens in life, the scripture declares, and if you've served the Lord any length of time, you could give a big amen to that. He has always been faithful to be with you. And so I can stand here today and I can preach this word to you, with every confidence that I have, he will be with you. He is with you right now, and no matter what's headed your way this week, and that is why the writer of the of Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul said, in everything give thanks because this is the will of God. I think probably part of that is that the Apostle Paul is thinking, there's got to be something different about being a Christian. That our countenance ought to look different than someone else that's going through the same thing. A believer that's facing the crisis, there ought to be something different about them. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, somehow, somewhere, sometime, find a way to give thanks to God because he loves you always more than anything. He's gone ahead of you. He's prepared the way. He knows the way through and he is always with you. Wow. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Another reason is that you are sealed. Nothing that is going to come your way will destroy you. In the book of Corinthians, it uses uh, like an either-or thing. It said that, uh, that we, we are cast down but not destroyed. Uh, so many things that, that, are, that can be heavy, but in the midst of all, we have the assurance, you belong to me. And so I, I point back to Christ the victor, the one that rose from the grave, the one that conquered death, hell, and the grave, the one that removed all handwriting against you, the one that nailed it to his cross, the one that stripped Satan of all his authority. He has no authority over you because Christ the victor has arose. And so he declares to you today in everything, give thanks. The book of Romans tells us, this is another point here, that all things work together for our good. This would be a good partner scripture with the one here in Thessalonians. The book of Romans says all things, not some things, not only good things, not only happy things, but all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. All of this again fits hand in hand with what God wants to do. And the last point about this is that there, there, we used to sing a song. Uh, now, I, I didn't get saved or, uh, young enough to be in gleaners. I only got to be in the youth group. I never got to be in the children's group. But I've seen them sing this song so many times. He's still working on me. This is the thought of what the Scripture declares, that when trials come our way, that we should not think it strange, but that the Lord is forming Christ in you. He is chiseling out everything wrong in your life to make you to be conformed to his image. I remember reading some time ago about an artist that was um, sculpting a stallion. Uh, And I can't remember whether it was Michael D'Angelo or uh, uh, who it was, but it's a famous sculptor. And and someone asked him, said, well, how do you do that? And he said, well, it's easy. I just start knocking everything off that doesn't look like a horse. And so it's the same thing in your life. 
Jesus wants you to be like him. And so these kind of experiences, again, chisel and conform us and make us to be in his image. I'm so thankful that the Lord, word, that the, his word does that in our lives. There, there are so many things. As I said, the list would be exhaustive if we started making a list of the things that we should be thankful for. But today I shared these points as to why in everything, in, in the elements of life that we struggle with lifting our hands and saying, I'm thankful for this. And the scripture says, in all of this, we can be thankful because there Christ is. Uh, Sister Lisa, would you come to the piano? You were practicing or playing a song earlier. Um, um, it just slipped my mind. Uh, the, the gratitude song. Uh, gratitude or worthy of it all? Worthy of it all. That's the one. Thank you. She's so good. <laughs> I want you to bow your heads with me again for this moment. I never know what we bring to church, but as I said before, he always does. So he's not surprised by you. He's certainly not offended by you. He cares so much about you. So whatever you bring to church this morning, whatever you bring to the Lord today, he's prepared for that. And he's reaching out to you. And in just, in just a few moments, I'm going to have, ask you to stand. And if you want to and feel comfortable doing that, I want to ask you to come to the front of the building as Sister Lisa sings worthy of it all. And just in a, in a simple matter, before we ask anything of him, if we could come with hands raised and just give gratitude. I'm thankful for you, Lord. Before we go into a long list of I need this and I need that. Now, he, he loves you to do that, too. I'm not suggesting that he doesn't want you to bring your cares to him. He rejoices and delights in that. But how appropriate and God-honoring it would be for you to come before His presence with hearts or hands lifted and just declare with your voice you're worthy of it all. And then we'll move into a season of prayer as to what your needs might be. And again, I, I, I ask you, I encourage you to ask big of the Lord. I'm going to pray once again before that we do this and I invite you to come. And I want to go back to one of the earlier things that I said and that this is such a sacred time in your life. Uh, I, I have lived long enough to know that we don't always have these opportunities. In fact, it's probably a true statement. We'll ne never, ever be gathered just like this. Some will be absent next Sunday. Some will go different ways. But we have this moment today and you have this moment right now before the Lord and it's not by accident that the Lord arranged for us to be here. He wants to do something significant before us. Heavenly Father, Lord, um, I just don't want to rush through this today and miss you. But I want to hear you. I thank you that you love me, Lord. You've always loved me and you... Uh, how much more so now. You've always been faithful, Lord. I have served you my whole life. And you've never failed me. You've always been with me. Because of that, Lord, I stand before this church today. And I pray that you touch their lives. You minister to them, Lord. We come before you with transparent hearts, Lord. There's not anything hidden from you today. <clears throat> 
You certainly know the things that could be written about us, Lord. You certainly are aware of the areas that we failed and you reach to us yet today. So I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to convict us in this building. Anything in our lives, Lord, that needs to be dealt with, we just offer that to you today and believe that you're going to do that. But, Lord, we, we began by acknowledging we deserve none of this and you deserve our praise. If you never, if you never save anyone else, Lord, you are still the Savior of the world. If you never heal another body, Lord, I'll continue to rejoice and lift you up as the healer. Lord, if you never provide anything else, you're still the provider, and I rejoice in you. And I pray, I pray for your presence here today in this altar service. In our time of prayer commitment, Lord, that we sense and follow you. In Jesus' name. Before that I have you to stand and give you an invitation, I want to say... That this moment that's getting ready to happen very well could be the most important part of this entire service. And that is where we respond to what the Lord has said to us or spoke to us. Whether he spoke to you in, a, in the songs that we sang today. Whether he spoke to you in the time of prayer as you knelt. Or whether he spoke to you through this sermon. The most important part of that is what are you going to respond to the Lord as he spoke to you. Will you stand to your feet? For you that want to join me in the front, Sister Lisa is... Sister Lisa, just go right ahead, if you will, and begin to sing Worthy of It All. It's lifted if you're able to do that. If you don't feel comfortable in the front of the building, that's not a requirement by God. You can do this just as easily at your seat. But if you feel comfortable, do that just to come... And we're worshiping the Lord.